It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. A mid-November edition of Nighttime at Noon. Dave Gosher, Dan Duva. A couple of guys that like to yap a lot. You're going to hear us yapping a lot for the next hour or so. Uh, great to have you with us here on all of our social media channels, uh, the Twitters, the Twitch, YouTube, the Facebook. I think that's what they call it, Dan. Something along those lines. How about a Western Union telegram, Dave? <laughs> how about, a, how about a, a, like a long string and two tin cans? But uh, <laughs> uh, great to have you with us here at nighttime and noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas and all of our social media channels as well. Uh, right off the bat, we will tell you in segment number two, we're going to be joined by Golden Knights head coach Bruce Cassidy. His team is off to a fantastic start. No practice for the VGK today, so a day off for the team. They'll be back at it tomorrow. Morning skate here, and then the San Jose Sharks come to town uh, tomorrow night. So we should mention right off the bat, Dan, we usually in our studio, it's just us and, and some people that help us get on the on the air. We have a live studio audience today. Who's in the house? Wow, it's it's Who's a here? live studio. Does that mean we have to kick kick our game up a notch for the audience? Uh, no, I would lower the bar of expectations. Like what's going to happen? Yep. Kathy and Tony Duva are here. Yep. Lawless, t- 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 you know, on the radio broadcast, he, he, yeah. it's almost as though he's speaking to them at times. He shouts them out. So Dave's doing it now. That's great. We've got a trend developing right here. We usually don't have an audience, but no. so we do feel a little bit of extra pressure. They've, they've and flown they're not in from the swamps of Jersey. Just to see nighttime at noon. <laughs> no, I, no, no. Aerosmith. I That's hope what's not. Happening. Yeah, go see Aerosmith. That's what I would fly in for. Exactly. But um, so yeah, the uh, the VGK. To needless to say, off to a terrific start, notwithstanding uh, the loss to the St. Louis Blues here on Saturday that ended that nine game winning streak. I don't know how you felt about it, Dan, going into that game, but. Um, I didn't have a great feeling. It just kind of set up for a bit of a letdown, right? They come off the five-game road trip. They win all five games. They've ripped off nine in the road. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. And you've got a Blues team coming in that's trying to turn around their season, right? They had lost eight in a row. They win a game. Now they're trying to build back-to-back wins. Um, I didn't have a good feeling about it before the game, and I'm, I, I'm disappointed, I guess, that those – those negative feelings or the not good feeling kind of came to fruition. Yeah, the, the scoring the Knights had done on the road got them out of some jams. Yeah. The third period, Montreal, the third period in Buffalo, that, you know, was, uh, you know, I mean, just look at the goals against in those games. They gave up four in Buffalo, three in Toronto, four in Montreal, four in Ottawa. The only time they kept an opponent under three was the first game of the trip, the three to two overtime win in Washington, and of course they needed late offense in that game as well. They just couldn't find the late offense in this one. It was the fewest goals they scored since the two to one victory against the Jets, which was their last home game. And I, I wonder, you know, how much of it is physical, but it's also like the mental fatigue. Bruce touched on this a little bit. You come back and you're thinking, okay, I know that I'm physically out of sorts, so then you start to play the mental games. All right, maybe I'm not going to try quite as hard right here so I can save my energy for later. And you know, it affects each guy differently. But I think you bring up a great point in the Blues having lost eight straight and plenty of adversity there. They had just come off a victory against San Jose, plus they were staying the night. And I wonder if there's a certain carrot to be dangled there if you're going to enjoy a, a night in Las Vegas that you might as well go full bore and uh, the Blues played well. Bennington played well. And, you know, there was just uh, the, the second half of the second period for the Golden Knights wasn't their best. Spirited third period, 
just wasn't enough to beat Jordan Bennington, who's got seven wins against the Golden Knights, 7-1-3. and three. Yeah, what were the, the shots in the third period? Uh, 22 to... Let's see if they... Sometimes they update it, yeah, but I've got it at 22 to 5. Yeah. 22 to 5. It was 19 to 8 for the Blues in the second, and then 22 to 5 in the third period for Vegas. And I think the Golden Knights, and I'm not sure if they added one, like Nolachari had a real good chance um, on Aiden Hill to give them a bit of a cushion. Hill made a save, a big save on it. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know if they added that. In real time, they hadn't put the shot up on the board, but our great stat man, Ray LaBeouf, had the Golden Knights landing the final 20 shots of the game. Yeah. Of the game. Yeah. And couldn't beat Bennington. And And, and it happened in the first period, too, Dave. After that Brandon Saad goal, the Blues didn't have another shot the rest of that period. Yeah. So he had long stretches without any shots given up. And the best save of them all was Braden Shen on Jonathan Marshall. So. <laughs> right. Of all those, right, right. where McNabb yeah. has a the chance. Yep. Bennington makes a save, and Marshall, so I think, probably feels he's got a pretty good chance to score. And, and I will tell you, in real time, I didn't – did you see Shen make the save? I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell either. I couldn't I tell. There were so many bodies. I wasn't sure – the first try from McNabb, I wasn't sure if that went off. And, and the second look, you could tell it went off Bennington's arm near his glove. But the first look, there were so many bodies there. And that happened a few times. There were so many people around the net. The puck right in stone skates at one point. Yeah. He couldn't find it. He's looking down. You know, just you look one way or the other. The puck bounces one way or the other. Could have had a few different goals there. But that you're right. That yeah. Shen play was a game saver. Well, and Shane was down between the benches for that yeah. one. And he so he's got a great angle because he's on that side of the ice. He's right. on that, the bench That's side the of angle. the ice. It, was, it wasn't until we saw the reverse yep. angle that we really figured out what happened. Well, son of a gun, Brent Shed made a save, <laughs> unbeknownst to me. But, uh, but yeah, you know, in a tough way for the for the streak to end. But to your point, and, and so a couple of things. John Stevens, we chatted with him uh, before the game in the morning on Saturday, and he said, you know, when you come off trips like this, five games, ten days, you'd love an extra day. You'd yeah. love another day because you get – So would we. So would we, even though I, I got I got off early because um, it was an ESPN game in Buffalo, mm-hmm. so you and Darren Elliott were doing mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. But even I was like – and we just sit up there and yap away. We're not physically, you know, getting beat up every night like these guys. Yeah, are. and then was a question I asked the guys in the room – the morning of the game, you know, when we flew back late that night, I mean, the, the flight takes off at 11, you got the three-hour time change, but what time do you get to sleep? Not time, what time do you get home, but what time do you get to sleep? It's just a weird thing. Bruce Cassidy said that he tried to not sleep on the plane. Mm. He wanted to get work done on the plane. And I think about that. If he's not sleeping on the plane, he's basically staying up to 4 in the morning. Then you factor in the time change. It's 1 o'clock about when Vegas lands back here in Pacific time. But so Bruce is staying, burning the midnight oil on the airplane because he didn't want to have to do that work the next day, wanted to spend some time with the family after having been on the road for 10, 11 days. But guys were saying, you know, I didn't get to sleep until like 2.30. And then the next morning, well, how late did you sleep? And then it's, so you're just kind of out of sorts that day. Even though there was no practice, it, it just is a weird thing. And several of these guys, Bruce Cassidy included, haven't done it a lot in the Western Conference. We've gotten used to yeah. it because, you know, for, for us now, six years in the Western Conference. But, you know, Chandler Stevenson, you know, like he's been with Vegas for a couple of years. But this kind of a trip hadn't happened too often. And uh, and some other guys, too. Alex Petrangelo said it felt like it was the longest trip that he's ever gone on. Well, it's it's funny, too, Dan, because in the East, you know, especially where Bruce is coming from in Boston, and I can speak from experience there, you're spoiled with how easy it is. Oh, yeah. You know, we probably had a dozen teams – 
in Boston within an hour and a half flight. I mean, you're talking the three New York Metro teams, but Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, all easy. Philly, easy. Pittsburgh, easy. D.C.'s not that far. Raleigh, North Carolina's not that far. You don't even... You don't even give it any thought. And yeah. then when you get out west, and yeah, the, the time change. I always thought it was nuts that the Detroit Red Wings were in the Western Conference all those years, but <laughs> sat in the Eastern time zone. Yeah. They should at least be in the Central time right. zone. But right. they're not. No. You know? No. So it's a lot to. But, you know, that being said, and I, I think they felt it took them a little too long to get to their game on Saturday. You know, the third period was obviously their best. Second periods have been a little bit, and Bruce even addressed it in his media conference before the game. Second periods have been a little bit of an issue. They didn't have a good second period the other night um, and then fall short. You know, they have that little, what was it, two goals in 40 seconds. Right. A bit of a communication breakdown between Hill and Haig. Barbashev takes advantage of a, of a pass from Shannon, then O'Reilly scores 40 seconds later. Turned out that that was all she wrote. I said late in the reg- late with about five, six minutes left, I said, you know, because you try to do the reverse jinx. The Golden Knights are due for a power play. <laughs> the reverse jinx. Yeah. And they didn't get one. Yeah. Was that and I know crazy? the Blues are the least penalized team in the league. but I, Two games in a row. Yes. I'm like, that's almost unheard of. They didn't take any penalties in the game against San, San Jose, Jose, and they didn't take any against Vegas. And it was the first time since the end of the 18-19 season, Ray LaBeouf again, yes. a terrific stats guy, came yeah. up with that, that it had not happened for any team in the league to have two games in a row Zero times shorthanded, and then it just so happened the Blues managed to uh, do it against the Sharks and Knights. And I found it interesting yesterday when Bruce talked about it, the offense for the Knights, they've scored power play goals, but even if they haven't scored on the power play, it's led to the offense clicking in gear. And if the Knights' offense is sort of reliant on the power play, you know, so be it, was Bruce's yeah. phrase yesterday. I mean, this is a team that has those weapons. They've been productive. They created chances. So uh, when you have the very rare circumstance, I think that was the seventh time ever yes, the Knights right. have gone without a power play opportunity in a regular season game. And that's not going to happen very often. So the, the, there's nothing wrong with embracing the, the way that the Knights get their offense through extra man opportunities. Yeah, and, and the fact that their power play this year has been a difference maker in yeah. games. And we've, right. you know, we've all lived through the last five years when so, so often it hasn't. Um, they lead the league in shorthanded goals. Riley Smith leads. Well, I think they were tied uh, as of the other night with. Uh, I had it. Yeah, I forget. I don't know. I wrote it. Yeah, what do you say, Dan? You write these things down yeah. for a reason. <laughs> uh, but they were tied the other night with their fourth shorty of the season. Riley Smith leads the league with, with three. three. Right. Um, and you know that's been a huge part of their success they've been a great front-running team right they've scored first in 10 of their 16 games they don't trail much no you know if you think about it um and then they've been able you know they they've been able to really kind of put you know I, i know a little bit in in ottawa and in in montreal and i guess in buffalo too right i know i think jack eichel was saying after the buffalo game which we should certainly touch on that it was a rather uh enjoyable evening for him and the team the Buffalo game, and I know you were there calling, and it never really felt like it was in control. No. Just, you know, just the like, moment you started to sense some separation, there would be an answer back the other way. And it it was another one of those third periods that it, yeah. you kind of remember the way it finished. And, um, you know, it, they don't keep track of uh, 
you know, at the end of the season, the standings reflect who's leading at the end of the game, not at the end of the first period right. or the second period. And the, I'll tell you what they keep track of is wins. <laughs> right. And the Golden Knights have won 13 <laughs> times in their first 16 games. So they're off to uh, their best start in team history. We're going to step aside here. We mentioned uh, Golden Knights head coach Bruce Cassidy will join us. He is uh, waiting in the wings, and he will join us next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Great to have you with us here on this Monday. It's the Golden Knights, uh, middle of a homestand here. They'll have the San Jose Sharks here on Tuesday and then the Arizona Coyotes here on Thursday. Reminder for you, friends, one of the best rivalries in all of sports coming to the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson on Thursday, December the 15th. The U.S. and Canadian national women's teams will battle it out. They battled it out in the past, of course, on the Olympic and World Championship stages for decades, and they will do it again. It's coming to the Las Vegas Valley. Visit the thedollarloancenter.com to get your tickets and see one of the best uh, battles in the world take place. The U.S. and Canadian national women's team on December the 15th. Dave Gosher, Dan Duva, great to have you with us here on Nighttime at Noon. We're happy to be joined by Bruce Cassidy, Golden Knights head coach. Nice enough to stop by. Um, how's it going? Yeah, good. <laughs> Quiet day today. Yeah, so, uh, that's good. Recharge the batteries. So what do you do on it? So no practice for the team. What does the coaching staff do on a day like this? Uh, we were informal today. Everyone was in uh, on their own time, um, you know. Some have, you know, school drop-off for kids, and other people are later or earlier. Uh, most of the guys get a little quick workout in. We, we, like I said, we didn't meet to go over uh, anything from the St. Louis game. We we were in yesterday, and we started our prep work for San Jose last night, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. So uh, just a little downtime. It's interesting to have a couple of days with no practice, no hockey, after the travel back, after the 10-day trip. I know that there's a certain sense of wanting to rest mentally, physically, but as a coach with a new team, I can't imagine how much you're itching to get your hands on the guys as much as you possibly can. Um, yes and no. I think it's just when you're away from your families for 11 days, guys just need time to, yeah. to decompress. It went really well out on the road. Uh, there's parts of our game that obviously we could work on every day and and any coach would tell you that that it needs to work but you got to balance that with getting away from the rink and enjoying um some time away from it i mean it's vegas it's sunny out so get outside <laughs> enjoy the sun um or w- whatever it is you you know get to the rink with your kids in minor hockey wh- whatever they're doing this time of year and uh and come back a little more uh recharged i think that helps you over the course of a long year the team's off to a great start, Bruce. The best start they've ever had, 13-3 and three here through 16 games. A lot has gone well. I, I wonder if coaches, by their nature, tend to, to worry about more the things that aren't going well. Uh, uh, yes. What are you worried about? <laughs> Absolutely. What are you worried about? Well, our team defense is, is good, not great, and I want to get it closer than move the needle closer to great. Um, part of that is... You know, we've instilled some some new things and principles that players are still working through. Uh, part of that is, you know, you're playing good players a lot. Of, you know, and, and part of it is what Dan alluded to, you know, practice versus rest and going through those things. So you're doing predominantly video and you're not working on it maybe um, every day on the ice. When, but we'll keep uh, chipping away at that. I think our penalty kill is coming, turning the corner a little bit here. Was, was you know, should have been a big part of a getting points against St. Louis to kill four penalties and then score a shorty. 
Unfortunately, we didn't get it done in the third period to get any points. But, um, you know, there's always things you want to look at. I think our, our offensive game is good right now. I think we're, we're generating lots. Uh, the, the analytics back that up. Um, but, yeah, there's there's always things that you're, you're sort of going through in your head. Um, line combinations, you know, we put Cotter in the other day. That's the one line that we're looking to see how we can form some chemistry on that trio. And, get them to be productive for us and good to see Phil get some goals uh, the last couple of games so you know maybe that's coming around as well. Mm-hmm. You think about the way that the team was in preseason the first few games and you said along the way the line combinations today could be different in a week or two weeks or two months etc. Now that it's been a month and a half of regular season as a coach generally do you like to have um, some runway for some guys to figure it out? Are you inclined typically to, to change things quickly, especially when you've got guys who are healthy scratches who would love to get back in the lineup? Well, there's always going to be runway. I think that's just the way it is until you've really, you know, drilled down on what you want. Um, and then you weigh the production, right? The, those other line, the three other lines I find have really clicked fairly well for what the ask has been. And then the other like I said, Howie and, and Ammo and Phil and, and Jake and Paul have been kind of in and out, and we're, we're in fairness to them. Um, you got to give it some time to to let the chemistry develop. I, I, you know, you want someone to be the glue to that line, and that's a little bit of why guys are in and out. Who can really pin down and make that line go and get it back on the rails if it starts deviating away from that? You'll see that with the other lines, I think, have corrected themselves quickly uh, when they haven't had it, and for the most part, they have had it. So it's a good problem to have, to be honest with you. Uh, we, we're really happy with three of them. The other one's not like we're unhappy. We're just trying to find the right combinations and help them play together better with, you know, better puck support, playing closer to, you know, still allowing them to play their strengths. So, again, we've got to let that play out. We'll see where it goes. The ability, Bruce, to put points away early in seasons you know you had a we asked you about this i think when the team got off to the you know first couple of weeks and you made the point there's some teams that barely make the playoffs you know there's some teams that make it comfortably and you've been part of those teams in boston they've had teams here that win it uh win it uh, make it with more than enough room but the importance of being able to get points in the bank is at some point i mean hopefully not but you're gonna hit a little bit of a lull in your play to be able to do that yeah you will and 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 well, I better be careful how I say this, but hopefully we do hit a little bit. You got to see what you're made of in tough times. Adversity can be right? a good. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't want to meet it the first time in, in round one and game. You know what I mean? You'd like yeah. to have gone through some of that, so you see how do the players respond? How do they respond to being challenged day by the coaches, by the opposition, by your own maybe your own home crowd? There's a lot of different things that go into it, and you should have gone. Most teams, I think it's it's really unusual if you don't. I think Florida last year was probably in Tampa a few years ago. Look, Tampa that first round went through it. And, yeah, you know, I'm not, I don't know exactly what happened, but you'd like to have gone through some of it. Not anywhere near like last year with all the injury challenge. You don't want that. Don't don't mistake what I'm saying here. But a little, some bumps in the road maybe to to fight through things and get the team to to come together. I think there's different times during the year you can do that in positive manners one of them was in buffalo the other night i thought was awesome for our guys to, to we're really supporting jack and and phil's streak and but there can also be some other ones where there's bumps too and you pull through and come out of it better than the other side and prepares you better down the road so but i still like to be one of those teams that's comfortably in most of the way absolutely yeah. i think that's anybody would tell you that you never want to chase it we're not chasing it right now um and that's you know sort of 
keep keep our feet on the ground and 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 keep looking forward to the next game and getting better. And um, that's kind of the plan. It's been since day one, and so far so good. So when the lull happens down the road, and there's people thinking, "What the hell's going on here?" The head coach will be, "Well, it's not the worst thing in the world." To yeah, go I mean, a no, bit of no it. one's going to be on top of their game, yeah. uh, you know, consecutively. What's good about uh, most good teams is if someone veers off or a line, then someone's picking them up. And I see that with our group, right? It's not like our our whole game is outstanding every night. There's there's pockets of it where it, it you know it gets away from us but we're able to get it back and that's a, to me a sign of a good team it doesn't go off the rails for 10 days it might go off for a period right and, mm. or two and then you get it back and um so th- those are the things that you know make up of a good team pick each other up when, when things aren't at their best um win games when you're you've got you maybe you're more of your b game than your a game um keep working on getting your a game uh, get it, get to the A game quicker than the other team, and and uh, you know usually you'll have success. There are a few other moments talk about coming together that you listed off: Eichel's third period in Buffalo, the hat trick, rallying around Phil Kessel in the milestone. But you also mentioned when Petrangelo got checked against the boards, Riley Smith got hit going into the wall. Some might say, hey, you know that doesn't really affect the wins and the losses oh, it but, does. but but that's oh, what I'm so saying good. I wonder if you could try to put into words what does that mean no it means guys are sticking together and it's 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 just automatic there wasn't you know sort of hey coming between periods we got to get that you know there was just bang we're in there and we're doing it and it was on the road twice it wasn't like it was at home you're doing it in front, you know what I mean it was just like I said very uh, good to see as a coach, and I think I'm sure the players feel that way right away when they see everyone going automatically. Whoever's first on the scene, whoever's turn it is. I, it's a term I used to. When it's your turn, it's your turn to get in there. And it was, you know, Petro certainly was able to bounce back, but Marty, it was his turn. He was first on the scene, and it was Marshy or Carly, and I forget in Washington. So, first on the scene, guys in there. I uh, love it as a coach. I think the players would tell you the same thing. Have you ever had a team sweep a five-game road trip like that one? Boy, I'd have to think about it. Boston, we had some good teams and some good runs, uh, um, but I don't know. I, I, I would have to, to look back. Usually a five-gamer for us when you're in the east is, is out west, so I'm yeah. trying to think. And we Believe it or not, we always had a tough time in, with Anaheim. We, we could win <laughs> in L.A., we could win in San Jose. Anaheim was always the one for us that seemed to get us. And um, So I, I, I honestly, I, oh, you know, one year we came out, and we did the West, and we did Vegas, and we finished in St. Louis. I think it was and lost in a shootout. We might have got five out of six on that trip. I remember mm-hmm. it was a really – I remember it was the year we tra- – it was the cup run. We traded for Charlie Coyle, and he met us in the middle of the trip. He could have met us in Boston um, at the end of the trip, and he wanted to come to Vegas because I think the guys were actually doing their – imagine that, their rookie party. Amazing. Not a dummy. Amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> what time? And I, if I remember that – that trip maybe the stats geeks could back that up but i think we were on a five six or seven gamer and uh uh actually stats nerds i call them in boston it, it was it, it, all in in good fun and, it, and it's a kind of a term of respect too uh, and, and maybe endearment too. endearment exactly <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. these guys are my friends they they help us win so um at the end of the day that might have been one like that yeah. it's a great feeling when you're on the road to different you know you're moving from, and different guys are it's not just your goalie pitching shutouts every night it's not a guy getting a hat trick it's different people i, I tell you it's, those are those are great team bonding moments yeah you talk about since you brought up the numbers it, we got into this because we love the game we can learn something about the game perhaps from the numbers how with all of the information that's provided to you 
do you trust your gut? Do you trust the numbers? How do you approach that balance? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because you got to be careful both ways. I mean, you can't ignore numbers that's that are flashing red. Like, hey, you guys are giving up way too much. You know, even though you're winning, some coaches, ah, we're winning. It's all that matters. And other times, um, you know, you, you're winning games and and you're you're looking at how oh, we you know we suck in this area. We're no good here, and, and you forget that hey, we found ways to win, which is which is the end result, right, that matters. Name of the so game. The process matters along the way. How you get in there matters. So there's always a balance. funny. We, I was just in talking to Tom, and we do eight-game segments. So we just completed one this morning. We're going to touch up on it uh, tomorrow or Wednesday and go through it and look at numbers that maybe jump out. I think the assistants always have their areas. They're like, okay, our, you know, our forecheck wasn't good in this eight-game segment, yet our special, you know what I mean? So you, they want to make sure they tidy up their area. So what it's good for, too, is, is it reinforces certain things. And what you can do on video with your group too. Okay, but maybe we gotta go back and you said you can't follow every area of the game live as it's going along. And you, sometimes the numbers help you. Oh, in neutral zone defense teams are getting right through us. I thought we weren't bad, you know, because we weren't giving up rushes maybe or goals. So there's always areas you p- pick through it. Specifically, the assistants, I think, and uh, it can reinforce some of what they're some of their what they're working on are you a less is more guy when it comes to the analytics yeah i I think i take in a lot of it myself just because i want to know every area and then we can meet with the coaches hey but i don't put a lot on the players plates analytics it's more for internal okay this is where the direction the team's going that's what i see but we got to we got to tidy up here so i never go in and tell the players hey we're fifth and expected goals against an entry you know what i mean they don't want to hear that their eyes would be rolling back right they're kind of <laughs> you know are we winning are we losing are we generating offense are we not um you know it's it's a little more simplified i think when you walk through the doors and try to get it through to the players of, of the area you want to sort of reinforce or correct. Yeah, I think about it similarly on our broadcast, too. We've got all these numbers. Look at all this stuff. Look at all this junk. But if you were to try you to... You guys may be these stat nerds we're talking I'm about. Not, no, no. I'm not saying no. you're... Uh, all right, but, this, but this no, papers with my eye test tells you... Well, well that's the thing. The, the trick is you don't know which one of these numbers will be most helpful for the listener to know. That's right. But the more numbers you throw at them, the more they kind of go in one ear and out the other, and I think well, that's I kind think of what you're saying. I think when you're doing of a, a game, right? Like there's uh, how many times has a team won when they've given lost the special teams battle? In Buffalo, we gave up we gave up two two power play goal or short or a shorty and two power play goals. How many games are you going to win doing that? Not very many. Yeah. Good for us, but that's where. All those, all the scribbly stuff you got there. We can't read handy, most think, of this. Right? Anyways, there's, 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 there's way too much. Hieroglyphics. You just, you just yeah. never know when you might need one That's of these right. numbers, and it might be might be useful. Can I tell you a quick, a quick story? Yeah. If you don't. So the last game, my second year coaching in Jacksonville, we had a player assistant that was thinking about getting into coaching. He was a little bit older, so I made a deal because uh, I used to do a little color at the end of my career. I went upstairs, and my GM was okay with it because we uh, we were locked into wherever we were, and he coached the game. And I went up, and I called uh, the second period of the game. You I, did? I, I'm a bit of that guy, too. I was How a Danny Gallivan guy. I love back yeah. – th- that's, you know, the old Montreal oh, yeah. Canadiens. Yeah, of course. Canada, Bob Cole. So I used to, to – to, to love doing that, so I, and it, I don't know how it went over. To be honest with you, I'm not sure how many people were listening back in Jacksonville to the Lizard Kings <laughs> last game of the year, but I uh, gave it a shot. Kept the tape somewhere. Do you have it still? Oh, I we probably gotta find that tape. But it would be one of those ones oh, you stick yeah. in, like the uh, what were they? The little uh, you know the mini, Walkman tapes. Yeah, a little mini. micro cassette tapes. I don't know if it was mini, but it was certainly the regular it's cassette tape. Yeah. A couple oh, of moves it. later, it might have been gone. But uh, did you enjoy it? I, I like it because. I like to talk hockey, right? Yeah. So for, for me, yeah. um, I, 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 
just realize how hard it is in the moment to get everyone's name right, who's got yeah. the puck and how fast the game is. So there's obviously a talent involved in how much you describe and how much you just let play out, right? Talent's so. a good word. <laughs> <laughs> so I, always, I always say to Shane, we're proof any dummy can do it. Yeah, that's <laughs> Believe me what I tell you. <laughs> hey, a uh, quick question for you, Bruce. I'm going to click on something here. The league standings are uh, – there's another team that's uh, had a good start. Your yeah. old squad. You yeah. keep tabs on the old. T- you guys have been the two best teams in the league. Bruins and Vegas. So yeah, far. no, of course. Uh, there's a, a ton of player. I mean, I got a ton of respect for that organization. Uh, the, the players in that locker room. I, I wish them the best. Obviously, yeah. not when they play us. And uh, happy to see you know them have success. They certainly have some new faces. But there's a lot of a lot of returning guys in that team that had a good year last year. We just came up a game short in uh, Game Seven in the first round. And, Unfortunately, that's, that happens. You know, you play good teams. But, yeah, I keep uh, tabs on them. And I'll, I'll pay a little more attention to their actual game once, you know, when they're around. You know, I think they're two or three weeks out because you yeah. do your pre-scout. But in general, yeah, you, you, you hear about them. Is it December 5th? 5th there and then here maybe the week yeah, later or something like week, that. Yeah, a week or so. I know they're very close together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Bruce, uh, wonderful to – have you here, as usual. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah. Appreciate well, it very much. Yeah. All right, Bruce Cassidy joining us, head coach of the Golden Knights, off to a fantastic start. 13-3 and three out of the gates for the VGK. Lots more to come after this on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Great to have you with us here on November the 14th, uh, Nighttime at Noon. Dave Gosher alongside Dan Duba. Be sure to... Get yourself, if you can, to some fresh air and escape to Rock Creek Cattle Company, a great spot located in the heart of Montana. This hidden gem is a 28,000-acre cattle ranch that has amenities catered for the entire family, including a world-class golf course, fly fishing, horseback riding, and a lot more. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities available right now. Check it out at rockcreekcattlecompany.com for more information. Golden Knights at uh, 13-3 and three as we sit here. And a couple of home games on the docket. And then they'll head to Edmonton and uh, Vancouver. Only a two-game trip this time. Only a two-game trip. Weird that Not we don't, five. Weird that they don't play Calgary. Go to Edmonton and don't. Yeah. it's That's a strange one. Don't make the schedule. Wouldn't want the job. Um, great to have <laughs> Bruce Cassidy here. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear his play-by-play slash oh, color yeah. commentary of the Jacksonville Lizard Kings if that, he could dig up. That would up. be amazing. Because you have the ability. You've got a fancy device. Yeah, we got all the toys. That, where we, you got could, all the, we have the technology, Dave. Yeah, where he could take it off whatever he was saying. I don't know if it was like a – Was he saying yeah, I think it was cassette, cassette tapes. Cassette yeah, I, like I mean, I'm trying to think what would have been the mode of technology at that point if in time. If he could take it off Maybe the 8-track that he recorded <laughs> on, that would be terrific. You got a phonograph yep. player or oh, something? Oh, my you know. God. Yeah. Did you have, you remember, are you old enough to remember 8-Tracks or were they before your time? 8-Tracks were before me. I remember 8-Tracks because yeah. it, it had four programs and it would click from one program, like program one to program yeah. two, mid-song. <laughs> mid-song. <laughs> Be in the middle of Hey Jude, which is 25 minutes long, but like, Hey Jude. Right. Oh, <laughs> this is not the ideal to, way to consume music. No. Uh, records. And now records are uh, coming back. Oh, I know. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, we both have albums. Yeah. When, when, uh, when the boss, that's right. the other Bruce, that's puts right. out a record, uh, the, the yeah, sure, it's on your phone with the Apple and the Spotify, whatever, but you got to get yeah. the vinyl yeah. record. Your dad had the line of the day. We walked in the studio. We said, Bruce is going to be on the show. He said, Springsteen? <laughs> <laughs> I said, let me tell you, that would be quite a, be a get. Great. He's going on every other show. I, I know. Jimmy Fallon tonight. What about nighttime at noon? 
Obviously, you can't yeah. make it. Um, I like Night Shift. That was a great song. Night Shift, yes. Um, I wanted to touch on a couple of things that Bruce yeah. talked about. Uh, I always, you know, I, I do think coaches just, they worry about everything, you know, even when they're 13-3. and three. And he said their team defense, right? And it started to kind of show some cracks here. What was it? Is it five in a row, four or five in a row? They've given up at least three? Yeah. the five. It, right? It's, it's uh, the last four of the trip and then the and last then game. And then the last game, yeah. So, and that, I mean, three's not a lot. I mean, you look at some, but for a team that went early on, zero, two, 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 one, two, zero, one, like, yeah, they still had going into last yeah. game. They had the best goals against yes. average in the National Hockey League. So, but it's always something, right? They're yeah. always looking yeah. to kind of right. Um, you know, I think they felt maybe uh, their penalty kill had got a little, although they killed off all four yeah. against um, against St. Louis. They gave up a couple, and I don't know. He made a great point, like to give up two power play goals in a short and a goal and win the game mm. in Buffalo is pretty. Uh, you know, most nights the teams that win the special teams battles. Not all nights, but most nights, a lot of nights, those teams end up winning. But yeah. they, they managed to overcome that the other night. In terms of raw numbers, they had the most goals in the National Hockey League yeah. going into the game the other night at 57. And then, you know, they scored two more. But yeah. if, if you're right there, if you're number one, two, three, and goals four, and goals against, I, I mean, the proof is in the record at 13-3-0 and now. Yeah. And the other one more number since we... We're kind of bemoaning all the numbers here. We'll throw one at you that I talked about with Bruce on a recent a pregame interview. And that's the difference between the number of power play opportunities and the number of times shorthanded. Last year, Golden Knights had the fewest times shorthanded in the league. Terrific. Yeah. Trouble was, they had the 30th most power play opportunities. In other words, there were not a lot of power plays for or against. This year, the margin is better. They're not giving up too many power plays but they're getting more chances on average than they had last year and as we talked about a little bit earlier the the offense has produced on the power play but even if the power play hasn't scored it's led to the offense clicking into gear and scoring at even strength yeah and they you know you mentioned goals for goals against yep. and so the two best teams in the league so far boston right. and vegas there you go one two and goals for one two and goals against that's you know i mean that doesn't always and and right behind them in terms of goals against New Jersey, yeah, who's won nine, nine in a row, in a row yeah. which is and they're they're third over, going for ten in a row in their in their next game. Yeah, um, the other thing that Bruce touched on, and not surprisingly, he said he's looking for somebody to be the glue of that third line. Yeah, that's the phrase. Yeah, the glue. Interesting. I remember hearing John Cooper describe Andre Pilat as a glue guy. How he had played in junior with Sean Couturier and. Perhaps Palat's numbers were inflated because he was a linemate with Couturier, and John Cooper was of the opinion that, nope, it's the other way around. Couturier's numbers were that good because of Andre Palat. He's one of those glue guys, not the star, was never one of the stars for the Lightning that won the, those two Stanley Cups. Now he's in New Jersey and is injured. But it's that kind of a player that I think he's looking for, talking about, that can be the glue there. And we've heard about duos. He mentioned Stevenson and Stone. We know about the misfits. And then even on the fourth line, you know, you've had that crew of Carrier, Wah, and Colasar that has clicked. You know, there hasn't been quite a, a duo or the symmetry or the synergy or chemistry. Pick your word there. there there's clearly some talent and, you know, it can take time. And, and boy, if you're going to allow a group of players, you know, whether it's, you know, there's maybe three, four, five guys who could be there. 
Well, if there's a circumstance in which to let him run, yeah. it's while your team has the best record in the league as opposed to struggling, and then you're really having to make moves out of desperation. They could give him a chance to figure things out. And, heck, I mean, you put Connor in, they have produced the last couple of games anyhow. Yeah. You've made this point um, certainly off the air, and I'm sure on the air. The luxury of having extra healthy players, yeah. which was a foreign concept no. to this team last year. Yeah, they've had healthy scratches. Every game this year, I mean, Ben Hutton hasn't played since the first game of the season. Jake LeCision's only played a couple. Amadio's played 11 out of the 16. Of course, you had Paul Cotter, who had played the first five and sat for 10. He's been back in for two. But uh, that is simply a luxury no Golden Knights coach has experienced in years. You know, right up to the salary cap, injuries, and they're plugging guys in, uh, calling up from Henderson or at one point the Chicago Wolves. And uh, that drives competition because you know how much Paul Cotter was chomping at the bit to get back in the lineup. And he knows when he's in there, he's got to figure out what to do to stay in. And then, likewise, Michael Amadio. And then, you know, Brett Howden's got to be thinking to himself, you know, I've got to do what I need to do to stay in the lineup because maybe he's the next one who gets a healthy scratch. I mean, the, the consistency here, I mean, the guys who have played of the – Top forwards here, Dave, if you include Kessel, make it the top seven forwards. They've played every single game, yeah. all 16 games. Stevenson, Eichel, Stone, Smith, Carlson, Marcia, so Kessel, they have appeared in every single game. Throw Wah and Howden into that mix as well. Carrier just missed the first game of the season. But that is so far. I, I, it's hard to recall the last time anything close to that happened. And not only are they in the lineup, Dave, look at the consistent production. Yeah. All of those guys, except for Kessel, are double-digit points. And Kessel's just, you know, he got his third goal last game, so he's up to seven. But Stevenson, Eichel, Stone, Smith, Carlson, Marcia, so why? They're all in double-digit points already. And some guys have shorter leashes than others, right? Yeah. Amadio mm-hmm. played the first game, mm-hmm. healthy scratch for three in a row, then played ten straight. Cotter, as you mentioned, uh, played some games early, played the first four, out for ten. But comes back in in Buffalo and go. scores a huge goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake LeCision's only played a couple. So, you know, a lot of times that's the way it is. I, I do wonder at times, you know, that, you know, could Nick Waugh, if you're looking for a glue guy on that third line, can he play higher up? And he has a little bit, you know, and they've had um, – a couple of occasions this yeah, year. Lecision. They like Lecision at center, yeah. so when Jake came into play center on the fourth line yeah. is when Wah moved up to the third for right. those couple of games. But, you know, I think I think Bruce is so hesitant to do that because I don't know. I, I, I haven't done a detailed study of the best fourth lines in the league, but they've got to be one. I mean, and you could make the case the way they played, they might even be their third line. Yeah, and based on minutes, they are. Yeah. It's more about, you think of them as the fourth line because historically, William Carrier has been the Golden Knights' fourth line left wing for six seasons. Right. And it's kind of the style that they play, the identity of that group. It's a fourth line identity. Yeah, by minutes, if you, you know, it's everybody, it gets into semantics about who's the first line, second line, third line, and fourth line. To me, you, you look at identity, but. When you're really breaking it down, it's it's the minutes. You know, at even strength, which group of forwards has the most minutes? And that might not always be the same game after game after game, depending on opponent, depending on score, you know, like you're playing back-to-back and so on and so on. There are a variety of factors there, but it, it is all semantics. Bruce has uh, trust in that line, Carrier, Watt, and Colasar, and I, I wonder if he would feel quite the same if it wasn't those three players together, at least right now. Again, as he has brought up repeatedly, 
it could be different in a week or two or a month from now. I mean, they're 17 games. It'll be their 17th game coming up. Yeah. They play 82. <laughs> At last check. Things can change. They've got a long way to go. We don't have too long to go, but we have one more segment to go and some, some things you need to know. We're mm. going to tell you just mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. things coming up that uh, that are near and dear uh, to the Golden Knights. And we're also going to touch a little bit. We mentioned Phil Kessel. Um, Chandler Stevens has been off to a great start this year. So we'll get into as much of that as we can here in our final segment coming up. Before we step aside, the craggy range at the Dow Loan Center in Henderson is the perfect place to enjoy a pregame or postgame meal. Come watch your nights on one of the craggy range's big screen TVs or the huge outdoor LED screens as well. Enjoy your favorite craft beer, wine, bourbon, all sorts of uh, cocktails. While you catch the action, you can find a menu for the entire family plus a full bar with 16. 16 different beers on tap. Ooh. Like that. Craggy Range Sports Bar and Grill is open daily. No ticket required. Dave Grosher, Dan Duva. Nighttime at noon. One final segment to come in a moment on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks next up, and then it's the Arizona Coyotes on Thursday, completing this little three-game homestand for the VGK. A reminder for you, the Foley Food and Wine Society was created to celebrate three of Bill and Carol Foley's greatest passions, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and magnificent travel destinations. Members of the society will have access to their entire portfolio properties around the world and also have the exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life. Why would you not? Check it out today, foleyfoodandwinesociety.com. Some things the people need to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Coming up. So we've heard a lot about the reverse retro jersey situation, which look phenomenal. You were at a season ticket event yesterday, and Gordon Wagers, who was uh, does a lot of our social media and digital, he was the model for that. Right when they released it on the twitters, and did you say yesterday he was signing autographs? Oh, I he signed my poster. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, just that, yours. Just, just my, so I, not for any of the other people. He suggested he was he devaluing auto, the poster. Autograph, singular. It. One autograph. One autograph. He signed it. For me, because I'm not sure how many of the fans know no. that Gordon is the model. Now everybody knows it's it's being broadcast live on the radio. Yeah. Now he's, yeah. He's it, whether you like it or not. Did a great job. The jersey looks fantastic, and Gordon did too, even though his face is unrecognizable. Yes. Tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., Reverse retro jersey goes on sale at all of our team stores. So here we're, sit- we're sitting here at City National Arena in, mm-hmm. in Summerlin, so with the Arsenal, the Armory, the team stores in Henderson. Um, so go get them. Reverse yeah. retro jerseys. Um, they look awesome. It's amazing. Oh, they look fantastic. I love, the, I love how there's so much thought that goes into these things, the – the, the fonts of the letters, of the numbers, the stardust to incorporate the history, yep. and then the glow-in-the-dark aspect of it. I think somebody said that, how did you know they not already have some sort of glow-in-the-dark thing? Well, I mean, you can only do so much. I mean, they had to first do the first-ever gold jersey, yeah. first-ever metallic jersey we've ever seen in sports. The one thing at a time, you know. And this is just fantastic. Yeah. If you're watching on our social media channels, um, that is Gordon. Well, you can't tell it's him, but you can see. Uh, sort of eliminated his sort face. Sort of, we yeah. blocked him right out. <laughs> but uh, it looks fantastic. And is it yeah. Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend? Is that the first? When they're wearing uh, it? wear them for the I first? I think that's right. I think the, the 26th. 26th of November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, 
here's what I here's what I envision is the fortress being completely blacked out, dark mm. when the team comes out of the tunnel mm-hmm. to take the ice, and all you can see is this glowing in the, the Vegas glowing in the dark on those. Oh, how awesome! That's already be? spectacular. That's great when you turn the lights down. So in that great place for warmups. Amazing. That's yep. against Vancouver, I believe. Yes, exactly right. Um, so anyway, tomorrow morning, nine a.m. at yeah. all of our team stores, the reverse retro jerseys go on sale. Um, that time of year, food drive coming up, T-Mobile Arena. Um, so if you're heading to the game on uh, Thursday against Arizona, bring any canned food item you'd like, uh, non-perishables, of course. Love to have your support on that. Next Wednesday, always a special day on the calendar, Hockey Fights Cancer Night, November the 23rd. And then um, Gold Friday, November 25th. So uh, we've got a lot on the Friday. So Gold Knights have those three games in four days. Leading The only day they don't play is Thanksgiving. Thankfully, to give thanks. Uh, but of Wednesday, course. Friday, Saturday, all at home. So lots coming up here on the uh, on the Golden Knights calendar over the next couple of weeks. And you'll wonder, leading up to that, and that's still just over a week away, how does Bruce Cassidy continue the goaltender rotation? It's yeah. interesting how it's worked, where clearly Thompson has had the lion's share of starts. He's had 10. Hill is now at 6. They've had a plan. And it's gone well. They're top ten in multiple categories. I wonder how much, you know, how long does this continue to to go this way? Uh, you know, what do you think, Dave? Well, I and here's, you know, Thompson got four of the five stars on the road, mm-hmm. and I wonder if it's going to start to maybe trend a little bit that way. Are they looking? I don't know if it's ever going to be clear, clear cut number one. You know, by the end of the season, but. Could you start to see that where he gets three out of every four, two out of every three? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, they both – in saying that, Aiden Hill just lost his first game. Yeah. Right? He had started 5-0. and Yeah. And it was amazing how the schedule worked in a way that allowed him to play every five days. This time, though, it was seven days. Yeah. And I wonder – you know, he makes the miscommunication with Haig, you know, trying to get involved. Now, hey, Aiden Hill's been fantastic, yeah. including that game. But once in a while, you see, he it's like he wants to get more involved and he'll just do something a little too much. And I'm sure Sean Burke, the goalie coach, is just clutching his yeah. forehead and thinking, oh, geez, yeah, everything's yeah. going so well. He didn't need to do that much. But, you know, I, you hope that you can keep Hill, if indeed Thompson's going to get more starts than not, that Hill – doesn't find himself in that spot where he feels like he's got to do more than he needs to. If I was smart, that's a big if. <laughs> I would have asked Bruce Cassidy, have you mapped out the goaltending for the rest of yeah. the month? Well, we can ask him that well, we tomorrow. We ask him the next yeah. time. We get to see him again. Because That's right. We have a second opportunity because he told us in October they had mapped it out. Yeah. And that was how. And they did not deviate. Yeah. Thompson threw two shutouts, and he didn't get the next game. I, in I, that. I think. I mean, we saw even back to the preseason where a guy would not play great and they made it a point of that guy going back in the next game. I really think there's yeah. something to that. There, there's a lot of factors for goaltending at this level, uh, but the trust yeah. in a guy and giving him a shot to go back out is a big deal for, for this coaching staff and these two goalies who are only in their mid-20s. The other thing I was going to throw out there, knock on any wood you can find, it'll be a 1,000 games in a row for Phil Kessel on Thursday. A 1,000 in crossed. a row yep, yep. for Phil Kessel. So, uh, yeah, join us Tuesday, Thursday, the, the this week, uh, the Golden Knights with the homestand on radio, on television. Our thanks to uh, Songy and Ryan and Floyd here in our studio and also to Lindsay uh, back at Fox Sports Las Vegas. Going to entertain the parents the rest of the day, Dan. Lots to do for you. Yep, yeah, well, and thanks for our studio audience. Live studio. Our audience. live studio audience. Happy Days was 
filmed before a live studio audience. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Fox Sports Las Vegas.